welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Knock On Podcast. I'm back at home, thankfully. Um, Caught a little sludge on the airplane coming back, so I'm pretty hoarse, if you can't tell. Um, Dealt with a fever for a few days, a bunch of slime in my face, but I'm back at it. Now I'm here with a new friend that I've recruited in to help the Knock On Nation grow even better, so I thought it'd be cool to do a podcast. I've got my buddy Justin here with me, and Justin is going to be the brains behind this new digital frontier. You're, I mean, you're like my, well, what's the what's the main guy in Tron? <laughs> Flynn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're Flynn. <laughs> I don't know if you're Sam. Is it Sam Sam Flynn, Flynn yeah. Is Sam the, Sam's the son though, isn't it? Oh yeah, he's the son. Yeah, so yeah, anyway, yeah. 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 So hopefully we don't have a clue to come in and foil everything. Um, he would be your your mirror image of yourself yeah but yeah um so yeah we're literally going to create this has been a vision of mine for a few years i hadn't found the right um brainchild to be able to bring it to life but we're going to bring it to life yeah we are so what we're going to be doing and what my vision is for everything uh related to knock on is as everyone can tell from the live feeds that I've been doing currently through Facebook. Um, I just really want to start bringing more or less Knock On TV episodes to you live because, honestly, I think it's going to allow, really, people to see my expertise there. Yep. And I'm and I'm not limited. I mean, that's the beauty of it. I have no limitations. That's right. So this morning... Um, well, we're actually going to do, for those of you listening, today is December 7th. Um, if you're going to listen to this today, um, it's Wednesday. We're actually going to do a live feed tonight on the Knock On Facebook page. If you listen to this after, and we're going to do it at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're listening after December 7th, then you can go to the Knock On Archery YouTube channel, and you'll be able to, I'll post the live feed or a copy of the live feed there. Um, but what we're going to do is Justin came and we're working on this new digital frontier and are we going to have light bikes or anything cool like that? Yeah, I don't know if we can do any light bikes, but yeah, <laughs> but hey, you know, never know. <laughs> if you could make me like a light felt outfitter and I can cruise around in my stand, that would be, that'd be pretty awesome. That'd be bitching. Yeah. Well, they do have a, a Tron uh, motorcycle that you can get. I saw that, like that on, yeah. um, what's that website? My son always goes 50 on 50 grand, that. you can have one. You can have your very own Tron. There's a website that you can yeah. go to that's, it's called, um, gosh, it's like, I forgot what, what it was called. I actually sent it to Joe Rogan because this stuff's so crazy. It's literally like something, I don't know, for, for people who can 
who have everything. It's yeah, like people who have it. Yeah, I forget what the website <laughs> name is. Dang it! I wish yeah, I remembered. But you can that. have your very own Tron. Yeah, you can. Yeah. You can get a Batmobile. You can yeah. order a Tron bike. Yep. I mean, you can order all kinds of crazy stuff. But really, the what we're trying to get towards is a better way for all of you out there to have more interaction with what I'm doing and to, for you to have more visibility to really what my expertise is, I guess, and what I feel yeah. is my calling. So we're trying to, we're trying to work on video podcasts, yep. um, which technically the live streams will almost, will almost start to become a video podcast. Yep. Um, ultimately the, um, what I've built for my school, you know, I'm going to try to start like a live stream with my podcast from there. And as I jump into topics, I can literally get up and walk around and, um, you know, it's kind of a one-stop shop really. I mean, if, if people like, if we get on the subject of shooting, I'll be able to just show you exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, talking about a bow or whatever else, we'll just jump right into that. So that's kind of the idea. Um, what's some things that we need? We kind of need a call of action. Thank you to, I mean, there were th- almost there thousands. 1,800 people that filled out the survey. So that, yep. was, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, 1,800 of you filled out the survey that I posted. And we do need to draw those winners so for the shirts. So oh, we'll, yeah. yeah. So we'll do that today. Okay, yeah. We'll draw the winners for the shirts. Uh Glad you reminded me about that. Yeah. And um, we're we're probably going to kick out another survey immediately following this podcast. Follow-up survey. Yeah. yeah. No matter. Well, we're going to talk. Hopefully, we get off on some tangents to where we may have a few other things that come into play. One of which um, we can say right off the bat, I originally gave you a couple different times that I had podcasted at. Um, live streamed live streamed at and i kind of we put it out there which of those times three choices basically right so now that we really know the time slot that the highest percentage of people like i think what we're going to do is try to finite that more we need to post days of the week Mm -hmm. i'm going to let you guys all of you listeners out there you're going to pick the day of the week well i don't know if i'm going to give you full control of my weekends (laughs) homies uh (laughs) I doubt I'm going to throw Friday in the mix. We'll I limit think, the choices. Yeah. yeah, I think Fridays might be if I come at you, well, if I'm bored, if I have a friend <laughs> over, or if I get a little little sauced up, which I'm still, I don't have leash yet. Sharon told me that's, she told me that's a no-no. Even though a lot of people said they liked the you're, fact that I was... You were definitely a little looser, that's for sure. I was looser. <laughs> the problem is I can't hide it. I mean, my one eye always... Not my one eye, Drips. but... <laughs> Both eyes. <droop>. Yeah. <laughs> one of my two eyes yeah. droop, and uh, it's a giveaway, so sorry about that. But well, I think um, the fact that you told people you had it in the cup was the giveaway. I think people knew it was in the cup. Like, right now, I have <laughs> I have a Yeti cup right in front of the microphone, but like when I'm moving it around, you don't hear like tinging. Yeah, that's the it's downside. Steaming, that you can't hear steam. Yeah, so, this yeah. is coffee. <laughs> but when 
That's the problem with a Yeti cup is it's a giveaway <laughs> that you got some frosty they, beverage in they there. They need to work on some sort of audio dip, Yeah, they need a deadener. They need a deadener yeah. in there. Like so that, stabilizers for the Yeti cup. Oh, you could do it. Harmonic dampening. <laughs> Harmonic dampeners. That would Yeti, work. Yeti yeah, that would be sweet. Um, so, yeah, we're, you know, we're, it was a giveaway, but no one really guessed what I was drinking that yeah, day. Yeah, actually, you should have put that out they could win a shirt if they can guess what's in the cup well i did that when i was in florida and i did that live hog roast <laughs> and no one guessed it and it was um watermelon flavored butterita yeah i wouldn't have guessed that right yep i would have guessed it had been more manly I, I think that's pretty manly <laughs> i would have guessed straight tequila or something maybe straight or... tequila yeah. well justin <laughs> justin knew i was sick actually when he was coming here to the house I I had to delay him a few hours. I was on my deathbed, I felt like. But I got... Um, I don't know if it's truly what a person that takes meth felt like. But I think I was close. I couldn't tell you. I, yeah, I wouldn't know what meth is like. But I'm pretty sure I had a Dayquil. Then I ended up taking um, an Alka-Seltzer Plus. I was still just... My face was just so locked up and jammed. I felt like someone was had an, a bike pump, like pumping up, inflating <laughs> my eyeballs in my head. So then I took, um, I ended up trying to take a migraine pill, which actually started to work. And then Sharon ended up coming in and got me some uh, behind-the-counter Sudafeds, yep. which I think is kind of the, that's the backbone to meth. Yeah. So when batter, yeah. By the time you came, yeah. yeah, I didn't have the battery acid. <laughs> yeah. But by the time you got here yesterday, I was I mean, I was feeling stoned as a goat, man. Yeah. But I'm glad I made it through it. I was certainly sick. You went but, all scarface. So today we went, um, we worked on some of this background stuff. What we're what we're looking to do for those of you who are listening Ideally, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, I'm I'm really trying to build a new community. I'm trying to build this um, a way for everything to channel through an easy source. Um, whether you guys are wanting to find YouTube videos, whether you're wanting to find podcasts, uh, we're even we're trying to come up with a way for people to actually connect directly with me. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately. You know, here's the thing. We're after a lot of debate. We are going to make um, we're going to make we're going to make an experience that a lot of people can have for free. But yep. we're also going to tier this. Um, we're going to tier this into levels to where, as I'm becoming more personally involved with that experience, there has to be yeah, a charge. A, yeah, there's going to have to be mm-hmm. you know a Cost charge. Associated. So with that though, are going to come benefits. That's right. I mean, yeah. we're looking at um, you know having access immediately to articles or um, you know different videos that are maybe just for certain members, and other ones will fall into play as they maybe get a little bit older. But I also think the biggest benefit is the next level of basically coaching so right now there's tons of places where you can receive archery information and then you are taking that as a new archer as a you know somewhat experienced archer and trying to interpret that and put it into your routine as best as you understand 
but without feedback, you don't know if you're actually doing that correctly. So what we're trying to come up with is the next way where you can actually receive that feedback. Um, now, obviously, you know, John only has so much bandwidth, but uh, we're coming up with a unique way to do that that I think that we can uh, provide a very unique experience and, and really help people improve a lot, which is what people are looking for. Yeah, we're going to try to link, somehow link together related keywords, related questions. We're going to be able to allow you to search through what I feel is probably one of the biggest I think I have probably one of the biggest libraries. Yeah, most extensive. But the problem is it hasn't been organized mm-hmm. well enough to where people can digitally maneuver it. Yeah. And you know, I really want to have specifics to where um I have categories to where, you know, you can click beginning archery and mm-hmm. you'll literally fall right into to videos and things that you can experience and and show you, you know, some of the basic yeah some of the basic stuff whereas if you're a little bit more specific we're going to be able to type those in the other thing too is um it's going to start being able to kind of prioritize my inbound questions a lot of you send inbounds um it's getting to thousands a week and there's just no physical way that i can do them and a lot of them are very closely related So this is going to be able to sort them to where when I podcast, we're actually going to be able to podcast according to what's trending. So the 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 key thing about that is it's going to give a better user experience to everyone out there too, because basically a lot of these questions are repetitive <laughs> and they have been addressed in either a previous live feed or a previous podcast or a previous article. So what we're going to be able to do is as you're going in and keying that in, the first step for that is it's going to search through what's already there. So we can, if you're asking a question about draw length, then we can tell you that, you know, that's already been addressed in podcast number 48 at, you know, you just start at three minutes and 42 seconds, then you can jump right there. There's no need to pass that question through. You already get it answered, or it's already been addressed in this article or already been addressed in this live stream. So just by being able to have a better uh, categorization and index of that information and being able to relate it back to the user and a better user experience that's going to really make things better for everybody out there. And then the questions that are new uh, or that are basically do need, it will basically free John up to, to basically be able to provide that stuff back and then continue to add to that repository of information. So it's gonna, I think it's going to be really awesome. Yeah, it's I'm looking forward to it. And, I mean, all this stuff isn't going to happen on day one. Um, we're looking to, to kind of have – you know, a couple different uh, phases of this. Yep. Phase one is going to be, you know, kind of our core basis of just being able to get new videos out there, um, really start to build on the content and get really a new platform that allows us to access the Facebook pages, Instagram pages, or the YouTube videos, and everything through one website. So moving forward, we may. I, I own tons of domain names, so I'm going to decide where that channels to because I've tried to separate, for those of you listening, I've tried to separate Knock On TV from Knock On Archery or, you know, I've tried to separate DudleyArchery.com, um, you know, just because I, I try to create a separation between hunting and target. Um, just because I have so many international followers that 
don't want to see the hunting side at all. But we're going to figure out a way to where, you know, you should be able to access um, specific hunting videos or non-hunting videos. Yeah, what interests you. So yep. if you don't want to see that, you can turn that off, yep. basically. Yep. Yeah, you can you can turn that part right off. Because so. by splitting it out, I think it, in, it works against, you know, basically works again on the user experience end. Because, like, even on my end, I didn't even know there was a Dudley archery. You know, I didn't How even dare know. you? Sorry, didn't know. Knew, how, you know, knew the you? other two. <laughs> didn't even know that was out there. So, and I wonder how many people out there don't know. I wonder if we put it on a, as a question, how many people didn't know it was out there. So, you know, so that I think just by bringing it all under one, it's going to make it much better on the user experience end where they can, <coughs> you know, find anything that they want to find. If they don't want to look at something, if they don't have any interest in hunting, then they can not, you know, turn that off and it won't even show it to them as an answer. So I think it's uh, it's really really going to improve things uh, on both ends of the spectrum here. The other thing we're going to, the subscribers are also going to have full access to my articles. That's right. Yeah. Which, you know, even the free subscribers. Yeah. There's, I mean, I've probably got 50 to 70 articles that I've never even loaded to my sites. Yep. Um, just because to be honest, the plagiarization, you know, people are just plagiarizing everything that I do. Mm-hmm. And there's obviously now that's happening as well, but, I think that's gonna we're gonna have to start to put a little crackdown on that for people that at least aren't given recognition for mm-hmm. where it's coming from because yep. there's a lot of uh, the good thing is a lot of the nation guys are all they kind of they're they're got my back. They're on your own police force. Yeah, they, they're they my troll own. they troll the plagiarizers. Yeah, yep. <laughs> so, and you know, I'm I'm not saying that when I if I teach that it should never be taught because obviously I want it taught, but it's also nice to be able to, with the amount of effort and cost that I'm putting into everything that I'm doing, a lot of people take that for granted. Give a shout out at least. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, At least point some people (laughs) in the right direction. Um, so with you today, we shot a little bit. Um, yep. You've been struggling a little bit. I would say, well, (laughs) I wouldn't say you're struggling. I would say that, you're at the point where I think so many archers are. I know I was at that place too, where you don't know where to go next. Yeah. You're at, you're at as good as you feel like you could get on your own, on my own. based yeah. off what knowledge you had in mm-hmm. your pocket. Yep. So, you know, you really try to move to a next level and, you know, you had tried some different online experiences that yep. didn't work out for you. Um, but you know, we were going to go and just start, really just kind of start in on some of that and I was just going to show you but then honestly I just kind of put the brakes on and just said hey let's just let's go live tonight and just <clears throat> let you learn as we're doing it just based off your gear and this is actually pulling us towards another thing that kind of you know gave birth in our whole thought process and brainstorming process is what we're going to do for a certain tier of membership is I've decided that I'm going to... Hold on to your hats, people. You're going to like it. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if they're going to be that geeked out about I it. I think but they will. <laughs> what, I'm doing, what I've decided to do is I think I'm going to do quarterly drawings for... Um, for I haven't decided yet. I've debated up to three people from you know a certain tier of the community, Mm -hmm. um, to where we'll do a random drawing every, every quarter for, 
for those three people to have the option to fly in for a direct, you know, three on one experience where we're going to work together. Some of what we do will be live stream for the rest of everyone to appreciate. And then a lot of it is going to be a one on one learning experience. So, you know, you're going to have the possibility to get a one on one experience with me here at my place that you would. Well, that I, right now I wouldn't. I just don't sell to anybody. So yeah. um, it's going to be a pretty cool. You know, I I want to. I'm. I just want to start something different. You know, I want to. I want to create something. Um, I just feel so at home right now with this whole live thing. For me, is like it's just unleashed a beast. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like. I feel like a. Um, I feel like gizmo and you poured water on me and now I'm just like got <laughs> crap bubbling out of my back and I just want to let spike out. <laughs> and live, I mean, that's, that's the real deal. No, you know, no editing. So it's, you know, exposes you, whether you're the real deal or not. Yeah. So, bring it on. Yeah. yeah. Bring it on. There's no filter, no nothing. So I think that's no delay. I might need some face filters. <laughs> take my gray out of my face i did trim my beard down it was i grew it for a month and then uh i trimmed it down i don't know if i like the whole beard thing once it's beyond a certain length it's i i can't stand it It it's like it drives me nuts yeah like i try to see i i can never go full on duck dynasty or anything i'm always paranoid of like a hanger like up (laughs) having a bat in my cave so one th- before I ever go out to public, I always like get a tissue and I dream out my yeah. cave to make sure there's no bats in there. But when you have like a long mustache, you like push the hair up in there, and you're like spinning it around. Then you get this whole big mess like spun up, and I'm like, I haven't figured out a way to like get my bats out of the cave without pushing the stash hairs up there. And then, um, well, that was the main thing. The other. You know, well, I ha- I actually have sleep apnea, so I have to sleep with a mask. So I have to like groom my beard every morning because it's got imprints of this like I've got you know I <laughs> kind of the mask the Darth Vader mask. Yeah, I look like a like a Starwing fighter from <laughs> like that's what I look like at night. So yeah, I got this big impression. I've got like the top of my head looks like I came out of a freaking football helmet. It's got like the, the yeah, yeah. It looks like a spider had a grip of my top of my skull all night, and then my beard's all imprinted with the Darth Vader thing. So, <clears throat> yeah, we're moving past a lot of things. I feel like my uh, I got my got my wings out right now. We're flying. This is gonna be a really cool thing. Um, and the other thing too is. Um, honestly, for all you listening out there, I can't tell all of you enough how much I appreciate you guys following the podcast. And, um, you know, a really cool number is, you know, the podcast downloads is just over 2 million for 87, uh, 87 podcasts. So that's ridiculous. Um, and the live stream numbers are amazing. Yeah, coming from the fact that it's like, I mean, it is, honestly, I, you know, I don't even really categorize my stuff. I'm pretty bad about not really labeling my stuff the right way. So we're going to fix that. Okay, well, (laughs) I guess we're going to fix it. Um, I just have always felt like the people that are legitimate about wanting to be there, they're there. And that's one thing that I really take pride in with 
um, with our platforms is, you know, I've never solicited users. Mm -hmm. So all of you there are important. And the other thing too is if you like something, clicking the like button matters. I mean, this, all this stuff. And the sharing matters too. Yeah. Sharing is huge because the, the big deal right now, I mean, the people that have found you, they're very loyal. But what we want to do is like for new archers like me that started a few years ago, I mean, I made so many mistakes just because I couldn't find a quality source of information until you basically just stumbled upon it. And, uh, you know, mistakes are expensive in archery. Yeah. You know, when you order the wrong, you know, draw length bow and your wrong poundage bow because some, you know, kid making a few bucks at the bow store told you that's what you need or something. So just being able to you know, with, with you guys out there sharing the information that gets it to new people. And then I think by the, with a new platform, categorizing it better, you know, just organically will get picked up better by search engines out there for, so for me, you know, when I started, it's order a bow online or something like that, you know, how to start compound archery and, you know, just being able to be that move up that list where people can find that, I think is going to be really helpful to new all levels of archers, but specifically new archers and bringing them into the fold with the knock on nation. So I think that's going to be really great. Yeah. One thing too, that we had talked about was, um, having like a monthly or a quarterly newsletter, um, that obviously would be at like a certain tier. Um, I'm moving a lot closer towards writing for myself in my Mm -hmm. own location. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of magazines that I've backed away from just because of the fact of, um, you know, there, well, one, there's been a few magazines that haven't policed other writers, like literally taking my exact same subject and almost writing on it, like within a few months. There was a couple cases of that happening in the UK, and I was just kind of fed up with it. So I pulled the plug on that, and, you know, I just want to be able to have more control on my content. The reality is if I write something and it and the verbiage gets changed to what an editor may sound good, mm-hmm. that's not like it's coming from me. And I talk slow, you know, I may put a lot of people to sleep the way I talk. I talk slow and I talk a little bit methodical through things, but that's my way of explaining it and I think that there's a lot of people out there that learn better with it being explained on that level. So I want to make sure that what I'm putting forward is actually getting to you guys how I put it forward. And now, you know, even with like images, um, you know, if I put photographs in with articles for a specific reason, um, one, I'm trying to support people that support me. There's no question about it. But also there's times where, you know, one thing that I love to do is take pictures. I mean, I love taking pictures. So if I'm not able to share, that's part of, that's part of the hunt. Like when, especially when I'm hunting me take, taking my camera everywhere I go and getting images, that's part of that experience for me. And I really like that. I mean, you know, I really like, you know, when Joe was here and we were deer hunting and I, I wasn't even hunting. I mean, I just like the fact that I was able to take my bow, I could take some pictures of things, I could film a deer, or I could take pictures of one, you know, if I wanted to take pictures of an arrow on a rest or whatever, you know, there's times where I see things and I'm thinking that actually would be a good subject to talk about, and I capture it, 
well, the last thing I want to do is spend time doing that. And then all of a sudden my articles come out and it's someone else's picture. Yeah, the stock so, photograph that they purchased. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's just going to come a time where I want to be able to have, you know, I might just only write for my site. And, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like based off the numbers that we're drawing right now, I'm going to hit the people that I want to hit. Mm-hmm. I want to hit people like you that are coming there to learn. I want to hit people like, you know, well, I'll just read this right here. This morning I was, um, well, I was up pretty early, about 2 a.m. I was up. And I, I answered about 100 messages on Instagram. Um, but this was one, the username is Willie Pilgrim. And this one stood out to me, so I thought I'd just mention it. So he says, hey, John, um, hope everything's going well. Quick question if you have time. I'm a decade lifetime or a decade-long vegetarian looking to return to meat by hunting. And I would really like to start bow hunting um, as I'm moving to Oregon from Chicago. Would the Hoyt Charger be suitable for a first compound bow for me? I know very little, but it seems like it would work for a beginner, um, but also something I could use for quite some time effectively. So first off... I mean, I'm so pumped that the that our message that I'm getting out there and, you know, different people in our community that are getting out there, they're able to show these people that, you know, you are able to go out and there's a whole new way of looking at things when you're providing something for yourself that's no hormones, no GMOs, yep, right. you know, it's, you're not like, it's not mass farm production where yep. they're, you know, growing crap you know stacked up like in 48 days yeah you know stacked up like cordwood and shooting it with a hydraulic piston and you know all that crap you know so the fact that you're wanting to at least try that i mean holy cow that made bring back yeah that makes a lot worthwhile to me i mean that's like one what it's all about two the fact that you know you're asking about different models and you're you know one, a lot of people are on a budget. That's the reality. I've been there. So um, the year that the Hoyt Charger came out, I actually, I took that chart. I hunted with that bow for a year. I don't know if you remember that. I do. Yeah, I saw And that. I sent this guy the link to the YouTube video that I did on the Hoyt Charger. <coughs> I think it was like maybe a $400 bow, mm-hmm. if I recall. And although I could have shot a carbon matrix that year, um, I shot the the charger because I want people to know that you know you don't you don't have to have the best bow to yeah. shoot good. You know you don't have to you have don't a have to buy the flagship bow to be able to go out and right and, and ethically you, harvest an animal. Right? And the reality is, I shoot the brand I shoot because I like it. Mm-hmm. I shoot all the brands I shoot because I want to, not because I have to. Not because I'm only being paid to. Um, it's because, one, I prefer that brand first. That's who I want to work with. But there's a lot of good companies out there, and there's a lot of companies doing a lot of good for the archery community. And um, the reality is I know that, you know, maybe only one out of five guys are shooting a Hoyt that listen to this mm-hmm. podcast, and I'm totally cool with that. I mean, hey, I've, you know, I started out, on a golden eagle bow i've shot a pse i shot for high country 
Um, when I first started working for an archery shop 20 years ago, you know, I shot for high country just as a shop shooter and then, you know, ended up working for Matthews for 10 years and shot Matthews for a decade. And, you know, then when I left Matthews, I tried a couple different bows, but I settled with the Hoyt. I really liked the people at Hoyt. I liked the bows and I've been happy there ever since. So, um, you know, but I know there's people happy with other brands and I don't want to alienate that moving forward. I really want to be able to have, um, really one of the top things that we saw in that survey was product people want, reviews. People want product reviews. Yep. They want to know what you think about products. So I'm going to, I'm going to really work towards, and I think having, um, having the ability to have a little, maybe a one-on-one experience or a three-on-one experience. I haven't decided how I want to do that yet. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do one person more frequently. Maybe I'll do quarterly. You know, it's the, the, what, what gets hard is during certain times of the hunting season. It's, Mm -hmm. it's like right now, it's really hard for me. I've been wanting to, like, I wanted to put out the first episode of knock on season seven already. Originally I was going to do that last month. Um, right when I shot that, that big six by six, Mm -hmm. but I also don't, this pro, this project that we're doing is taking longer than what, you know, it's growing and it's evolving and we're figuring out better ways to make it something like no one else has. Yep. So I don't want to just throw stuff out there and not, not do it the right way. I mean, you know, a lot of people say, can you go film a, can you just go film something on draw length? I mean, I could go do it, but I also want to do it right. And, you know, right now I'm, you know, I'm kind of between, you know, I'm looking for, I'm still looking for, by the way, um, you know, I really want to hire a full time, you know, right here, um, editor, photographer, videographer slash photo processor, um, and then someone that can actually help support like what we're talking about because um, I really want to to let this knowledge fly, but I cannot physically do it myself. Yep. Um, Only so many hours in a day. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's just I love I love Antoine and he's done an awesome job on the first six seasons of the show and everything that we do, but. I have to, I mean, this is a, you're here now, so you're seeing it. It's a, it's a 20 hour a day Mm -hmm. machine that's just working. And, you know, we've got Sharon and she's got a, she's got a, you know, person out there that's pretty much dang near full time as well. And, um, I can't do it. I mean, I just can't do it. So, I mean, we're going to obviously streamline as much as we can, you know, programmatically you know speaking from that end but you know it and i think you know we'll put together a job description like we talked about and put it out there for everybody to look at so if somebody's listening that can help john with that then uh yeah i want i need give someone you a way to that, apply soon so. yeah i need someone that legitimately knows I think that's passionate about archery too. yeah that's you know? the thing i mean that's but what you'll learn here i can guarantee you you're gonna learn some you're gonna learn stuff and you're gonna meet some You'll meet everybody in the industry that I know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I, I need someone that 
that uh, I can say, hey, we're getting ready to do a live feed on the new Prevail build, get everything ready, and you know, you've got enough knowledge to go out there and do that. Like mm-hmm. that's got that's a necessity. But you know, going well, I don't know if I totally finished up on that question um, from Willie Pilgrim, mm-hmm. but. Um, the Hoyt Charger is a dang good bow. Um, actually, the Hoyt Charger is pretty much a spitting image of the Alpha Max, which was a headline bow for Hoyt back in, I think it was maybe 2007 or somewhere 2008, maybe the Alpha Max came out. And it was kind of the first more parallel limb design, like the web, you know, the splitting web style uh, bracing on the riser. And that Alpha Max. That thing was a shooting son of a gun. It was the best shooting Hoyt hunting bow that I had ever shot. Mm-hmm. Like up until that time, I had tried a lot of different Hoyt bows. That one was a whole new beast. I love that bow. So the Charger was technically just a new variation of that Alpha Max, which was a flagship bow, you know, a $700 flagship bow. Um, so. You know, I wouldn't be afraid of that. You know, I know that, um, you know, honestly, a lot of the mission bows that are out there right now, they're all those are bows that we built as our main bows back in the late 90s. I mean, you know, if you look at the mission, it's a Matthews MQ1, it's a SQ2. I mean, that's what they are. They're just, they're just, you know, a, a, a reverb of something that was that everyone shot as the number one bow years ago. Um, but some are, you know, I do feel like some are made better than others. Um, you know, I'm, I still personally don't really like, you know, things that are made of plastic and stuff like that. I avoid, you know, especially when it comes to buying your accessories. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, if you're, one thing I've always said is you want to buy a bow that's, at a price range to where you can still buy the right accessories, quality yeah. accessories. So, you know, if I went out and bought the new pro defiant and I only had a thousand bucks to spend and now all of a sudden I've got this bow, but I only have a few hundred bucks to spend. Well, I don't want to have to buy a, a re, an arrow rest that doesn't have any micro adjustment, mm-hmm. or I don't want to buy a site that's a plastic site that doesn't have much range, you know, or I don't, Main thing is your rest and your sight, they need to be super quality. And then when it comes to your release aid, you really need a release aid that doesn't, where you don't feel travel. If you can grab a release and start to pull it, and you can feel the release moving before it fires, you want to avoid that. Um, the other thing, too, is some releases have like a really long shank on them, mm-hmm. you know, wrist strap release where the shank's really long and it makes you kind of have your hand really extended where you're only the tip of your finger can reach the trigger. You want to avoid that as well because that's going to lead to problems down the road. You know, those are three things I can tell you right off the, right off the gate. Well, I guess in the fourth would certainly be (coughs) arrows that have consistency. You know, a lot of arrows, you look at the price, one's a carbon arrow, the other one's a carbon arrow, but there's a difference in price. The difference is straightness. And not necessarily just straightness and how straight it is, but also, you know, consistency in Mm -hmm. spine. So, you know, if you look at an arrow, it's a tube and 
that tube has a thickness all the way around the radius. If that thickness varies, then what happens is the way that arrow is going to flex as it's propelled is going to vary too because variations in wall thickness will immediately give you variation in spine rating. And I can tell you that a lot of these pre-made arrows that you see in the Walmart, um, those arrows are literally arrows that did not make the specs for straightness tolerance oh, wow. or spine tolerance. So they get weeded out and, you know, a lot of times, or you see like there's times where Cabela's has an arrow or uh, Bass Pro has their own arrow that you look at it and you think, well, this is an Eastern Axis or mm -hmm. this is a Carbon Express, whatever. You're very well, it could be, but it could also be the ones that don't fit the tolerance of Easton for that mm -hmm. particular shaft. Like, for example, I think like, I could be wrong, but I think an Axis is like plus or minus two, uh, yeah. two is, is it two thousands? I think, I'm sure, yeah. So, um, anything that's three or four is going to get kicked out into those other things. Probably everything that's a three will go to, you know, prepackaged um, special labels to say a shields or whatever. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there, but then the ones that are kind of worse, they'll almost get a different name altogether and they might be called, you know, a tally whacker and, <laughs> you know, and Bass Pro may sell tally whackers, you know, with a certain color fletching yeah, and for, in reality it's $29. <coughs> right. Dozen, right. Yeah. It's just something that didn't make the cut. So, I can tell you when it comes to arrows, straightness and tolerance is key. Um, <clears throat> someone asked a question. I thought I saved it, but I maybe well, did. We even saw that today with my shooting. I had that one arrow that was the knock was just adjusted just a little yeah. bit off one, and it consistently well for that every single one. For that situation though, you were having contact, yeah. so that arrow was always hitting high. Different, but probably the same same type of result that you would get yeah, out of it just yeah. by it being different. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't consistent with the other arrows you had. Mm -hmm. You know, for that one, your knock was really loose. So as you would shoot or as you'd pull your arrow, that knock would slightly turn and you wouldn't have perfect clearance on the rest. And you were hitting your vein, which, did, what kind of vein did you have on there? It's a Pro Max, A. It's a Pro Max? Yeah. Um, but you were hitting your vein and it was kicking that arrow high mm -hmm. every time. So it's probably one of the least problems with my bow based off of what you said. So, yeah, we've so got tune some, in for the live feed. And yeah, we've see got how some terrible. Work. It was so, <laughs> it's amazing. Got, I even hit the target apparently. Well, <laughs> it, no, well, here's the thing. You can be competitive in archery if you're repetitive mm -hmm. in what you do. People that are, you know, and I talk about this when I discuss the exceptions to the rule, you know, there's people out there, um, that are high level pro archers that punch the trigger. Mm -hmm. There may only be one or two of them on the face of the planet that can do it. So do I can't tell you that it's yeah. not possible. Of course it's possible to be accurate that way. It is possible to be accurate with a wrist strap, but the reality is other than someone like Michael Braden, if you look back through time there, I mean, you don't have, on one hand, you can't count the number of people that have been consistent with a wrist strap release. It's the exception rather than yeah, the rule. Yeah, exactly. Now, there's people that have excelled with it, 
but it's for a brief period of time. On a timeline, it's a blurp. You know, eventually if those people are shooting enough, and especially if they're in the competitive arena, that just brings out the beast. It's inevitable. It always happens. Um, But someone was asking um, about, I think that, oh, someone sent me a question today and I told them I'd answer it in the podcast. (coughs) It was about, do I um, check all of my bear shafts for the high spine of the arrow before I, and then mark it before I fletch. So there's different ways to do this. If you have a spine checker, you can actually roll an arrow and you put the, you know, you put the weight down on the center of the arrow and it ultimately it flexes the arrow. Um, and that how much it flexes gives you the spine rating. That's what spine rating is. There's a set distance that you have to, you actually put, um, I believe it's, I think it's 28 inches um, is the span. Um, I kind of put myself on the spot here, but um, I've got a machine that that does it really good. But you know, pretty much spans out. I think it's 28 inches, and then there's a set weight that's a standardized weight that pulls down on the arrow shaft, and however much it flexes, that's what gives you the spine ratings of you know to equal a 340 or a 400 or sure. whatever. So. What you do is, depending on how the arrow is made or how the arrow is seamed together or like if it's a carbon that's like wrapped in like a tubular motion, Mm -hmm. where there's an overlap or where the seam is, technically it's going to be stiffer if that seam is pointing up or down and it's being flexed on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's different ways to do it. A lot of people used to um, just take their arrows and they would float them in like a rubber tub. You could float them in there, and then as they're all floating, the heaviest part of the arrow is going to be at the bottom. Okay. So then what they do is just get a marker, and you could just touch the top, mm-hmm. you know, or a little paint marker, and you touch mm-hmm. the top of every one of the shafts and where that it's... shows ex- you where the, right. the high side is. Well, yeah, it's technically directly 180 degrees from the high side, right? So, um, or from the... Because the heaviest is going to be the under the, the water. Right. So, you know, you could go through and mark it. But the difference is, and what I can tell you guys is, that may be the heaviest side of the spine, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that arrow is going to 100% group with other ones because of that. Because there is a difference in the variance of, you know, even if that is the high spine, there could be variations throughout the radius of that tube and other areas that just causes that arrow to fly differently. So... What I've known is I've always numbered my arrows, and you can certainly start out that way, but I have had arrows where even if every cock vein is fletched exactly on the high spine, there's still situations where that arrow won't group with the rest. And in that case, what you have to do is you have to do what's called index tuning, and that's where you actually turn the knock and as you turn it, like you can go, you know, you can have it in the correct position where your cock vein is, say, you know, your odd vein's pointing out. You can turn it to where the next vein in line is pointing out and shoot mm-hmm. that arrow and see if it comes back to the group. It may move further away from the group. Then you can turn it to the next vein selection all of a sudden, then it moves back in. Um, if an arrow doesn't have consistency in the thickness of the entire radius, then you can dramatically move arrows around on the paper by indexing the knock. So, so you do that before you fletch or after? 
Well, I do it after. Yeah, I do it after. And quite frankly, if you have one that is noticeably moving around when you index the knock, I would just kind of automatically just mark that arrow like practice or something. Mm -hmm. Um, When I build arrows for competition, if I have ones that I know I've had to really index to get them to, you know, to move closer to the group, I just kind of cull those out. Don't shoot them. But you can, the thing is... Or throw them away like you did with my Pro Tours. Right. Yeah. Well, your Pro (laughs) Tours were cracked, dude. So I don't don't really want to see you with carbon pointing out your hand while you're in my shop. So that was a safety protocol. Um, But see, you you do a lot of this homework for yourself by picking an arrow that has the highest tolerance ratings. For example, you know, you shoot an... uh, in Easton ACE or an X10 or a Pro Tour, you know, you get into those arrows or you get into a Carbon Express Nano, you know, those are going to be arrows that have some of the highest tolerance ratings. You know, the same. Perfectly matched. I mean, the right. Pro Tours are supposed to be. That's right. why you can't take one set and put it with another. And, and the thing is, there is tolerances. Like, you know, there's times where when I order, well, I think I just ordered. I just ordered 120 um, FMJs from Lancaster. So I got 120 FMJs coming. I'll spin every single one of those. And the ones that have chime to it, which there's ones that I can feel a slight chime, um, I'll cull those down, you know. And to the, define what you mean by chime, chime just wobble or is it yeah, a sound um, as you spin? Yeah, I can it? actually hear the sound. Mm-hmm. I can feel it. Um, I can hear it or feel it. Grab one of those. Grab those three um, axes right there. Those are all mine for my hunting bow. Okay. See, this is where it'd be cool if we did have the live feed camera. People could yep. see what I'm doing right here. So this one and see, these were my hunting my hunting ones. So these are probably all going to be okay. This one, this one is probably out. Maybe maybe one and a half to two thousands this one's maybe at one this one right here is damn near zero so, so for those of you who can't see he doesn't actually have like one of those pine ridge spinners he's just spinning it on his yeah. left hand he's taking his right hand spinning it in his left hand well i don't know if you can hear it but maybe be quiet for a second so hear that yeah i can hear it can you hear it mm-hmm. so there's there's you, there's chime like one when I spin it I hook my we need to do a slow motion so I hook my thumb and my middle finger uh, fingernails together to form a cradle and and then yes can you hear that one do the slow yeah I hear it mm-hmm. yeah so that one has that one's out and whereas this one here is that one's glass. It just sounds like nothing. Mm-hmm. And see what I do is, and a lot of pro archers will do this. They'll spin it like you get good at it. You spin it from the veins all the way to the point. So I'll push down and slide like this. And we're filming right now, I think. So yep. we'll be able to post this. A little slow mo. So this yeah. right here, I'm actually feeling that. Um, I'm feeling that spine consistency down the entire length of that arrow 
you know, if you have an aluminum arrow, I could actually know like it's spinning perfectly smooth. Then all of a sudden it hops and then it's smooth again. I'll know that there's a crease somewhere in that tube. Now this one has a slight chime, but not bad, not bad at all. And then this one, it's loud. You can hear yeah, it. Yeah, you can hear it. And this may be one I've already used, like I might have shot something. So then if I have that one that has some chime like that, which this one does, then normally if I really wanted to pinpoint it, I can hold the point of my arrow in my palm like that. Mm -hmm. And then I can use my little cradle the same. And I can do that. I can blow and get the vein spinning. And when I do that in a tournament, I'm actually looking at the knock if that knock is moving at all, even just the littlest bit, then one, I'll replace the knock. But if I see that moving at all, I can see if there's a vein that's lifting. You can see a vein peel off. But I also can slide my finger up or down that while it's spinning and really pinpoint where in that shaft things aren't correct. Sometimes if you have a fracture in a shaft, you can actually find it by that way. Yeah, see this one's just maybe about right there, but all these are still, they're all of them are definitely within tolerance, but you can do yourself a lot of good. See that one is the smoothest. That one you can get a lot more speed. There's no sound on the shaft itself. It's just the veins. So, but you can eliminate a lot of that bullcraft by buying good arrows. Hey everybody, we just kind of did a little film there with, little clip we'll throw with out. your new iPhone 7 Plus. 7 Plus that already cracked. Yeah, that was sweet. You dropped it. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, stick with a good arrow um, and you kind of avoid, you do a lot of troubleshooting right out of the gate. Yeah. The other thing too is... Time is money. So. <laughs> there's a lot of broadheads too that even though they're a good design, you could take three of them and assemble them like especially broadheads that you assemble well i shouldn't say that there's also broadheads out there that have like a cut on impact blade mm -hmm. and it's so easy for them to not center that to where when you spin it it kind of wobbles yep. but sometimes there's broadheads where when you put them together like with my shuttle t-locks that i used to shoot i found this quite often if i didn't ram the blades far enough forward when i when i tighten it down and seated down that collar on the back of the blade um, if one blade was kind of bottoming out and the other one wasn't but it was preventing it you'd kind of do that spin test like i would hold the broadhead on the very base you know center of my palm and i could blow on the veins and i could feel the broadhead chiming in my hand so if you have a spinner, which the spinners, you can get one at Lancaster Archery. Like 20 bucks or something. Yeah, I think there might be cheaper. I think Pine Ridge. Pine Ridge. Pine Ridge yeah, Archery. Pine Ridge one. Yep. A buddy of mine, Jerry, used to work there. I don't know if you still work there, Jerry, but he's a good guy, people. Get a Pine Ridge Aero Spinner. They're cheap. They come. They work good. But all that stuff is um well, It is seems valuable. like anything in the, you know, with the broad head or with anything, what, what messes up the uniformity between the arrows. Every connection will add a, add a possible mistake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's more points of failure. So yeah, and there's, more you complex know, something is. some of the carbon shafts, especially the ones that you buy in bulk in, like, again, Walmart. Um, <laughs> and a good buddy of mine, Pat Ingram, 
he's a manager at Walmart, so he's going to probably be pissed, but sorry, Pat. <laughs> I mean, I love you, dude, but some of those arrows in that bin back there spin like a... Like yeah, they're, a, they're not a... Yeah. They're crooked <laughs> as a hog dong. <laughs> yeah. So you got to watch out for that, people. Don't don't buy a hog dong. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a good name for an arrow. They they should they should take that. All right. Well, am I missing anything? I mean, we we're kind of we, we got... need to get some website stuff done. We got a live feed. Yep. I'm gonna grill you some freaking elk. Awesome. On my Traeger. And uh, yeah, there's benefits to knowing how to code. <laughs> to being a so all you dudes out there learn to code. Yep. If you learn to code, <laughs> then you can. Talk hog dong. Yeah, you can. Hawk, talk hog dong <laughs> with Dudley. So, um, all right. Well, let's wrap this sucker up. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Hey, I certainly appreciate all, appreciate all the support, too. We've had a ton of people just kind of people that have bought shirts and then send a message to Sharon, just letting them know that they're getting a shirt to support what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And That's pretty awesome. That all adds up and... Um, Hey, I just want all of you to know out there genuinely, I'm trying to do something that I don't want to take advantage of people, um, but I also want to be able to continue to make this grow. And the reality is the support that I have from sponsors tends to go away when you try to do something that no one's doing. And for that reason alone, that's why it's so important for you guys to share this and like it because that's the only proof that I have that what I'm doing should be supported. So Mm -hmm. with that said, I guess I'm whining enough, Um, but (laughs) I'm going to draw those winners. We'll get those. Yep. It is 1144. So I have 16 more minutes until I can pop a cork (laughs) and I've got like unwritten rule, like until noon. Well, Sharon told me, (laughs) she said at some point you have to like, Draw the line. Well, yeah, someone sent <laughs> someone sent me a really good bottle of wine, and I podcasted it like, well, it might have been early morning, <laughs> but it kind of like, it gets me in that thought process. It like gets me there. So it's she just 12 said- 12 o'clock somewhere. Yeah, the problem was she, she didn't know that I'd got out of bed at like two, and then I came <laughs> down, and then when I did my podcast at like six, I kind of- thought "Eh, maybe i should try that (laughs) and then yeah so technically if i would have got up at a normal time then it would have been noon it would have been close yeah i was close close. i was close enough so (laughs) anyway people i gotta get a halls um cough drop in my throat (coughs) i'm getting hoarse and make sure you tune in tonight um december 7th seven o'clock Central Standard Time and um, maybe oh, before follow up survey. Too. Okay, maybe before, maybe after. I'm gonna post a follow up survey, or I'll post a link to the survey. I'll post a link on um, the John Dudley Athlete Facebook page. I'll post a link on the Knock on TV Facebook page on the Knock on TV Instagram. In the you'll have to go into my profile profile and click the link. And then um, we can put one. I can guess we can put one on Twitter too, even yep. though I'm not. I'm not a very good tweet tweeter. <laughs> we'll help I'm not that. sweet on my tweets. Yeah, I don't know. I can't get into the Twitter thing. But all right, everybody, appreciate it, and uh, 
get out there and shoot something. It's what we're here for. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing. knockonarchery.com